0: Welcome to the MTM Vegas Podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Mark Osterman. We have a great show for you. As a reminder, you can watch this entire show along with all the visuals that go with it at youtube.com forward slash miles to memories. We record two shows a week and combine them into this podcast for your listening enjoyment. And on this week's show, we have a lot to discuss, including Bellagio's $110 million investment in the spa tower. They are redoing the rooms, similar to what they did in the main tower, although there is one big difference. We also talk about Link removing their table games while at the same time announcing a new Spiegel World show. I tell you what it's like in Resorts World Bimini. We discussed the drama at the MSG sphere as the company looks to split up its assets because of the cost overruns building the place. We also discussed the beginning of construction at Rio. The All Net Arena is having funding issues. Not a big surprise there. And Mark Wahlberg wants to turn Las Vegas into Hollywood 2.0. All of that coming up plus more. As a reminder, you can find all of our Vegas content that's posts, podcasts, videos at mtmvegas.com. Thanks so much for listening. Let's hit it. So Mark, we're getting some details of what's going into that new Project 63 shopping center in City Center. It's right on the corner of Harmon and Las Vegas Boulevard. It's not owned by MGM, but it's basically that new mall that's going in there, big screens. We knew there was going to be a CVS. Now we learned that one of their anchor tenants is going to be Ross so uh, Ross Shopping, you can get those nice clothes there at City Center coming soon.
1: Is that like the clothing version of those $10 stores you see everywhere in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a Fat Tuesdays as well, so you get your slushy drinks. I mean, the only thing Vegas needed more of than screens was was more daiquiris, tall daiquiris. If they could sell them everywhere, that's, you know, everybody wants them. CVS, which would be convenient, actually, to a lot of people staying in City Center, so that, they'll probably actually like that, but the rest is not quite what people expected, I'm sure. <laughs>
0: In all seriousness, the mall does look really good, uh, the renderings, and and as it's coming along. So it's going to be opening soon, but maybe they're struggling to find people. Ross is a curious one, especially because it's right across the street at Showcase Mall. But uh, a little funny way to start the show, but we wish them
1: well. People do hate walking up the escalators when they're broken. <laughs> so so <laughs>
0: this is to get people on both
1: sides of the street, I guess. There you go.
0: Mark, famously, you stayed at the Bellagio Spa Tower last year, I think, and we did a video about it. So it's on the channel people want to see. And you had like sewage backing up into your bathtub, a sign that probably it needed a renovation. And Bellagio did renovate all of their standard rooms in their main tower a couple years ago. They have said now that they're going to start renovations on the spa tower. The rooms look very similar to what you See in the main tower, almost exactly the same, with one big exception: the bathroom is keeping the tub. The tub is going nowhere. I, mean, I wonder. Uh, I wonder. We're uh, not going to fix the backlight. sewage problem,
1: though. You know. You know they're not putting in new plumbing, so it's just going to be a new tub with the same issues. I imagine. You know, it was not my favorite stay. And that tower is so far away from everything. It takes forever to get back there, which is kind of annoying. So it, it is nice that when you get back there, you'll have a new modern room. It looks beautiful. You know, they still have the iHome docks. Remember those from like 2006 or seven or whatever? They have the big port for your iPhone, uh, which I thought was hilarious that they still had those in there. But, yeah, I'd, if they leave the tubs, I don't see that that's going to, you know, correct the issue of backing up, which isn't just something I've had. A lot of people have had
0: that problem. Now, I never stayed in the spa tower, so I'm not 100% familiar with those rooms, but I believe they're very similar to the ones in the main tower. And the reason that they got rid of the tub in the first place was because there was no closet in the room. And they had these big you know, pieces of furniture that kind of act as a closet and they wanted to get rid of those to make them more spacious. So I don't know what they're doing now because the shower is where the new closet was in the room and then where the tub was is where they put the shower in the main tower. So I'm guessing maybe they're giving up on the whole closet thing. People in the comments, maybe there is a small difference between the rooms. I can't really tell, but I've never stayed in uh, one of those rooms in the spa tower. But like I said, the decor looks almost exactly the same and I really like it. Uh, We've talked about how those rooms are very nice inspired by Lake Como and really bright, modern colors. Now, one other thing is the suites in Bellagio have not been renovated, even in the main tower. And I stayed there about a year and a half ago. I'll throw up some video. Very kind of old-school Italian. Throw it up. Throw it up, people. (laughs) (laughs) One of these days I'm actually going to think about it before I say it. uh, (laughs) Because I just say it. I really – people probably think I'm just saying it to cue you up. But really, yeah, I I do it. It's funny. but. They did announce that the suites are going to get uh, renovated by 2024. And as far as the regular rooms in the spa tower, those are going to come online starting this July, and they'll be finished by this October. So, you know, by next year, you're going to have all the suites and rooms renovated at Bellagio. And the suites really, like I said, they're very, like, old-school European, which is kind of cool, but kind of dated, too. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with those big suites uh, up on the top floors of the Bellagio. But $110 million going into this thing, more than the $30 million at Circus Circus for paint, so uh, maybe we'll get something uh, really good. Bellagio needs to keep up because Cosmo really is the crown jewel of MGM now, and uh, Bellagio trying to just keep up with the Joneses. One other Bellagio thing, Mark, is they are starting to build a bridge on that connector from Vidara to Bellagio that will connect Cosmo into the tram system. Which is really good. Uh, our friend John Ryan uh, let me know that he sent me some pictures of that as well. So nice way that they're connecting everything together.
1: Yeah, that will be nice getting around because it does take forever to walk. Even though the properties are pretty close together, it does take a while to get around them and, and to walk between them. So that that's good. And I will say, like the Bellagio rooms, even the spa tower room, they're very spacious. So that's nice. They have that going for it already. And I've never been one to care about if there's a closet or not. You know, if you have a wardrobe to hang the stuff up. What what does it really matter? Uh, so I, I would prefer to have a tub if it, you know, isn't sewage filled. So ho- I'm glad that they're keeping that for the people that want it and it's important for. I'm surprised that the, the suites, they waited this long to do it. You would think that with your high rollers and everything and the prices that people pay for those, that that would have been the first thing you hit. So it's good to see those getting done too. Yeah, for sure. Let us know
0: in the comments what you guys think about these rooms and these new renderings that we showed you. Uh, we'd love to hear it. Now, uh, Spiegel World has made a huge, you know, presence in Las Vegas. They have absinthe and then they have opium at, uh, at Cosmo, and along with their Superifico restaurant. And they even we've ca- talked about a few months ago that they're going to buy a town not far from Las Vegas and turn it into like a circus village, which is really cool. But a few years ago, they inked a deal with Caesars Entertainment uh, to start developing concepts for shows. And I guess we're getting one over at Link in the former Imperial Palace sportsbook space. It's going to be a show uh, called Disco Show. It's kind of hard to kind of wrap my mind around this, but they said there are not going to be seats It involves everybody dancing and learning dancing through it. Another one of those sort of next-gen kind of futuristic kind of takes, not futuristic, but certainly not old-school takes on entertainment. They're also going to build a restaurant there. $40 million they're spending on this place. I think Spiegel World really is the future of Las Vegas Entertainment or these types of shows. I think it sounds really good. It's going to come online 2024, so we got a bit to wait. But uh, they got the news out there this week.
1: Did you notice they had like a uh, sphere type of thing? They're like, we're going to have screens all over the inside everywhere to make it all immersive, like that you're there and everything. And this kind of goes along with, you know, Tony's and Tina's wedding where you're, you're part of the show but not. But, you know, you're in it and you're going to see things going on while you're dancing and having fun. So it sounds really unique. Probably not something I would go to because, you know, disco dancing isn't my thing. But if I was into dancing or club atmosphere, I think this would be a really cool thing to check out. And, and something different, a new perspective. The uh, diner sounds like it would be really cool, too. So I definitely will check that out. Yeah, they described it as an LED box with screens
0: covering the walls and floors to make the show feel like a party More screens! So- more screens. That's uh, that's the Vegas of the future. Screens, <laughs> screens everywhere. We'll talk about the Sphere later in this show because there's some really interesting things happening with it. The MGM Plus, We got. You better get it right. Yeah, the MGM, the future <laughs> MGM Sphere. It could be with the, with everything that's happening with that company, and we'll talk about it. Uh, in just a bit, but I did want to talk about Resource World Bimini. So I was on a Virgin Cruise last week, as people who watch the show know, because I was recording from my cabin. And I'll start with just talking about the Virgin Voyages casino really quick, because I don't think it meant it really warrants talking a lot about it. Almost seems like an afterthought, very dark space, not very big. Uh, even they have like the dance club right off of it and the showroom, so people are waiting in line. There's no walkways. Not a great casino. Kind of strange for an adults only cruise line not to have a better casino. Uh, But let's move on to Resorts World Bimini because this place is really cool. So they have this beach club that they share with Virgin Voyages. So when the cruise ship is in port, they get to use the beach club. The rest of the time, Resorts World gets to get it, and it's beautiful there. But also they have, like, the largest marina in the Bahamas, really kind of chill Place. There's a Hilton Hotel plus tons of villas and then a fairly small casino. I think 160 slot machines, uh, you know, a handful of table games. I uh, risked my life to get you guys a little bit of footage inside there because. They didn't have no no filming signs in there, but I got shut down pretty quickly uh, filming inside there. The carpet is beautiful, too, Mark. I really like Resorts oh World Bimini. This is my fifth one. <laughs> I've been to Manila, Sentosa, uh, Genting Highlands, and uh, Vegas, of course, and this one. So I'm checking them off the list, but I really like this one. I could, I could see spending a few days there just
1: chilling out, hanging out there. Yeah, it looked gorgeous, and it, you know, it looked like you understood the theming. You know That's a problem that we see in Vegas where it, it just kind of feels not, they're not much of a soul to it. And that felt like it warm drew you in. Uh, It's something that you'd want to hang out at and spend time to go out of your way for. So I think they really knocked it out of the park from the pictures I saw of you posting on Twitter and everything. Uh, I really like the look of it. Now, where does this rank? Like, where would you put your top three of the resorts worlds that you've been to? I was just talking
0: to my wife about this and resorts world is sort of this weird brand, right? Because they have their... One in New York City, and then they have a couple more that they built in New York, and these are really smaller casinos. And then the one in Bimini is pretty small, right? But it has more of a a resort atmosphere because it has the marina, the Hilton Hotel, and everything. And then you have, like, the ones in Vegas and Genting Highlands. These are, like, of a different scale. Sentosa in Singapore, they have a Universal Studios as part of it. So I, I would say that those are different scale. But I think Sentosa, the one in Singapore is my favorite of all of them because it has a hard rock hotel, several other hotels, aquarium, you know, theme park, really cool casinos. It's just the real deal. It's like a the best kind of integrated resort or one of the best integrated resorts in the world. So I would say that one, you know, I like the one in Las Vegas, but you know how I feel about the hotels there. I do fear that the one in Bimini is just sort of a generic, you know, Hilton, but you know, I guess that's a little different being there.
1: That's what they like to do generic hilton next resort yeah
0: i mean the villas looked great though they have these houses and you know bimini is this long skinny island it's the closest island basically to the u.s so it's only like 42 miles so this is the closest casino or offshore casino to the u.s and we saw people like pulling up their you know small yachts and spending the weekend there and you know parking there and so it's it's that type of place but yeah i really loved it and it's beautiful so if you have a chance to go there if you go on a virgin voyage you will no doubt stop there uh, for the beach club. Check out the casino as well. They have shuttles that run all around the property so you can get around without uh, too much. And it's it's fairly big and, and stretched out. So like I said, yeah, the, the place is beautiful. So no doubt about that. They did a good job there. Although there's a lot of complaints that uh, people aren't disclosed when you're staying there because you can't use the beach club on the days that the ships are in port. So oh. they get really pissed about that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going there, you know, make sure to pay attention when the ships are in port so that you kind of avoid that. So you can use the beach club, which is spectacular. It has pools. Uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful facility, the Beach Club. So yeah, I could see being upset if you didn't know that you weren't going to get to use it. So that's it. I'm not going to talk too much about Virgin Voyages. I liked it. The casino felt like an afterthought. Now, uh, Mark, did you see this survey that went out by this company called Price Listo, where they analyzed what's the cheapest city in the U.S. to have a night out and uh, Las Vegas ranked Fake number news. one, the cheapest place, man, <laughs> the cheapest place. And mainly no. because of our cheap hotels during the week, I think.
1: Yeah, I I think that definitely swayed it, Vegas' way, because, you know, drinks and food. And it all depends. If you're going to a local place, it's, you know, something different than if you're going on the stripper or, you know, in the tourist area. But the fact that they even included hotels in this, you know, you think it would be more of a locals type of place where you're not staying in a hotel. So that definitely changes things. But, you know, San Francisco was, what, like four or five on that list? And I can't imagine their hotels being all that cheap and nothing is super cheap in San Francisco. So I find this whole list to be a little bit uh, janky. (laughs) Yeah, and the way is a nice way.
0: Yeah, the way they define a night out is it includes the average price of a cocktail, a three-mile cab ride, a bottle of wine, and a pint of beer, and then also included is a price for a one-night stay in a budget hotel in the city. Nobody eats on
1: these nights out. Nobody eats.
0: Yeah, they don't eat. But also, like, the so the median, the budget hotel rate, $62. So, obviously, they took off peak or something. That's great. It says uh, cocktail, $20. But then it says one bottle of red table wine, good quality, $14. Where are they getting this $14 bottle of wine of good quality in any place in Las Vegas?
1: Yeah, and I think fast food was the only food in there, and they're like nine dollar Happy Meal at McDonald's. Like, okay, you're gonna go have your fourteen dollar bottle of high end wine, and then go eat some McD- McD's for for dinner. <laughs> yeah, how do you get a cocktail for twenty bucks, but a bottle, a whole bottle of wine for fourteen? Ridiculous. Yeah, this was. Yeah, I mean, obviously,
0: these they do it so people will talk about them, but it's interesting to talk about uh, the most expensive city, San Diego, then Charlotte, then Austin. Memphis and Columbus coming in there. So, yeah, a lot of the big cities came in cheaper for some reason. Maybe okay. because they have more hotel rooms? <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move to downtown Henderson really quick. I just wanted to show people I was there a little over a week ago, right before I went on my cruise. And uh, this is what it looks like where they're building that new hotel attached to the Pass Casino, the Atwell Suites. So, this is going to be the first hotel in downtown Henderson. Water Street really coming along, so we'll, we'll continue to monitor this. But it's kind of going to be interesting to see this rise out of the parking lot that used to be there. And uh, a lot to do there, a lot of restaurants coming in. That new mixed-use condo project across the street with new retail and people you know, moving and living there is almost finished as well. So the revitalization of Water Street continuing, and uh, it's good to see that. Not a lot to say right now, just thought I would show you guys. So let's talk about the sphere, Mark, uh, because... <laughs> First off, we saw the first like major testing of this thing, where you saw the whole thing lit up. And let's start there. It looks, looks incredible.
1: It, it looks, looks fake, but it, it looks incredible, right? I swear, when you uh, when I first saw that and you shared it, I thought somebody used like paint on their computer and just like colored it in with paint because that's that's what the picture looks like. And I'm sure it's the phone can't pick up you know lights that well, but it just it, it's crazy how unreal it looks, even though it is
0: real. Yeah, it it looks super bright. Now, modern smartphones do sort of like punch-up colors, so maybe the colors weren't that vibrant, but yeah, it looked looked great. Now, what's not great is the mess that is going on with Madison Square Garden or MSG Entertainment. I think the the takeaway here, and we'll talk about this, they're going to split the company in two. The board has approved that. So basically, there will be a company called Sphere Entertainment Co., and that's going to operate the Sphere in Las Vegas, Tau Hospitality Group, and MSG Networks, which is what airs like the Knicks games and the Rangers games. And then the other one's going to be the Madison Square Garden Entertainment Corp., which is going to have their entertainment business, arena licensing, and the, the things like the Madison Square Garden, Radio City Music Hall, stuff like that. So they're splitting the company in two. And the main reason for this is because the sphere has been such a boondoggle as far as cost goes. This is like a dream that James Dolan had that if you really look at it in hindsight, this never should have been built. And I think it's great for Las Vegas that it was, but it's been a huge you know tax on this company. And there's also lawsuits saying that when he bought the MSG Entertainment Networks for almost a billion dollars a few years ago, he kind of didn't give the proper valuation to, to the shareholders because he was hiding the cost of the sphere so there's lawsuits these are all alleged things that happened. They have not admitted fault or that they did this, uh, but basically a lot of ugliness in MSG and we'll, we'll see, but it, it kind of seems splitting the company. Are they just like get offloading the debt so that they can file bankruptcy on this new sphere company? What do you think?
1: Yeah. I thought when they were going to break it away that they would just be the sphere and not bring, you know, the media and everything else along with it. Cause you're kind of t- tanking those companies down too, but Maybe the garden and and all that stuff is like the profitable end. So they're just keeping that profitable and they're grabbing all the bad uh, investments and bad companies and putting it into one pot. And and maybe that's where it's going. I don't know. But, you know, a shady guy doing shady things does not surprise me. Uh, Hopefully it all comes to, and I will say back to the the lit up sphere. uh, Somebody posted on Twitter and said, you know, a little bit much for 6 a.m. And that's a good thing that Vegas has the best blackout curtains (laughs) in the world because I couldn't imagine having a room looking at that with that bright color coming in in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's uh,
0: it, it's incredible. The whole story is incredible. Do we dare call Dolan a visionary, though? Because something like this could never get built unless you had somebody like that push it through, and especially with the cost overruns and everything. And I think with the media coverage we're getting and the hype up for this thing, it's going to be an icon for you know generation or two at least – Uh, Obviously, tech might get dated. Who knows what those screens will look like to the eye 15 years from now? But, you know, maybe they have to spend money to upgrade them, whatever. But this is going to be a thing that people all around the world are looking at. It probably doesn't financially make sense to build it, but he did. So on one hand, I want to give him credit for continuing this thing and pushing it through. But, you know, there's a lot of ugliness happening with the company. And it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But the good news is it is going to open, and that's that's really good. I mean, we're going to get this icon and this blinding screen all across the city.
1: You know who's going to really make out on all this? MGM when they buy it for 50 cents on the dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, the MGM sphere uh,
0: <laughs> coming. Uh, we know that uh, that Mark was the first to call that one. So, Mark, there's a big shocker here in Las Vegas. The all-net arena apparently is having funding issues, according to a county commissioner. They may not be able to get funding for this thing. I know it's a big shock to you, uh, but if they don't get it by September, apparently
1: they lose all of their permits. I mean, rumor is they can't afford Chris Angel's uh, requirements for his new contract to, to perform there. So that's the holdup. So hopefully they get through. Chris Angel does to uh, do a, a not sold out show with 12 people in the stands after they build this billion dollar arena that nobody wants to go to. On a
0: serious note, can we just <laughs> get this land in somebody else's hands finally so that somebody could. They've been trying to build this arena for like, I don't know, 10, 15 years. So uh, maybe we can finally get them to lose it and somebody else can get it. It's a prime piece of real estate, especially with Fountain Blue opening soon. So, yeah, pipe dreams out the door. But I, I suspect you don't we'll like, probably see another round of this. I don't know.
1: You don't like watching uh, dump trucks just driving circles on a dirt uh, pad <laughs> over <laughs> and over again? We have a lot of updates from around town, and
0: we'll start at Rio. Yeah. Now, we know that Dreamscape bought Rio, and then they announced that they were partnering with Hyatt, but that was a couple of years ago, and to this day, Caesars Entertainment is still managing the property, although we know it's going to turn over to Dreamscape sometime in 2023, but we haven't seen anything, and Caesars has let this place go to hell. I mean, it's just it's terrible, and they've just basically run it into the ground, and finally, we're seeing some signs of hope. While Dreamscape has not taken over, The old Carnival World Buffet space has been walled off. And apparently, according to Vital Vegas, a food hall is going in there. So, uh, of course, there's going to be a food hall. But the (laughs) Carnival World Buffet is one of the more famous buffets in Las Vegas. It was really the first one to bring in those separate food stations. It was a massive place. Uh, back in the day, Rio even had a separate seafood buffet, which they eventually merged in. But buffet culture at Rio was always big, an end of an era, I suppose. But it's good to see some construction, some progress at Rio.
1: Yeah, you know, we think about like four years ago, the Eat Around the World or whatever it was called, buffet of buffet passes and People love that. They'd use their celebration uh, dinner if they could finagle their way into it. Because sometimes they'd say you couldn't, but people would, you know, pull that off and and go around. And, and Rio, I think, was one of them. Uh, so it's kind of sad to see, but also good to see some money put into that. You know, I think uh, Vital Vegas said they're spending like twenty-two thousand dollars just to put up the walls. That's probably the most money Rio's seen put into it. You know, they can't even buy $22,000 worth of pillows. So it's good to see them put some money back into it. I wish it wasn't a food haul, but at least... You know, Caesars doesn't own it anymore, so maybe we won't see all the same rehash, Gordon Ramsay, Fish and Chips, and all this stuff. Uh, maybe it'll be new, local, or something uh, unique compared to other food halls. Yeah, they might have an issue here, right? I mean, the rest of the property is sort
0: of dilapidated, and they're trying to renovate it into a higher-end Hyatt and a very modern property. Will a modern food hall with kind of higher-end concepts work there until they get everything else done? Uh, We'll see, but it's good to see, you know, that. And it's a good thing that you bring up that buffet pass because just think about in the last few years how things have changed so much. You know, Paris' buffet is gone. Pretty much all the buffets are gone except for Caesar's Bacchanal Buffet. And, uh, yeah, just a huge change in what Las Vegas is when it comes to buffet lovers. I remember lots of people love that pass, and, Hit it hard because it gave you what twenty four hours from when you started, so you could strategically time it and you know hit up time it for for dinner
1: one night and then
0: just like pile through it, man. (laughs) (laughs) The the good old days, the good old days. Now you got to pay for each little type of food that you want to get. So there was some other Caesars related news at link. And honestly, I have no idea. I've tried to figure out why this has happened. Uh, A commenter uh, left a comment asking us, and then I kind of tried to dig into it. But most of the table games or all of the table games in that area over by Guy's Restaurant at Link have now been removed. And it's just sitting empty there. So uh, I don't know if they're going to replace them with electronic table games, more slots, or they have some other plans for that space. But just suddenly they ripped out the table games.
1: Yeah, and Link's kind of a weird setup. They have, like, little stations here and there for table games. It's not like a a good flow through there. And then you have O'Shea's area that has a, uh, some table games too. So it's kind of like a hodgepodge, it feels like. And this is kind of like a little weird area. So I don't know what they'll do. I hate the virtual or the video table games with the one person and one guy taking a hit can mess up everybody else's car. It's just, they're annoying. But I, I could see slot machines or, or maybe the video table games, something like that. And, you know, we've always known that slots are a better payout for the casino. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just. Put those in there, as well as you don't have to staff them as much and the issues they have with finding dealers and everything else.
0: Yeah, and it's a good point. This is probably their least attractive area for table games. They do have more games in the middle of the casino, plus at Ushays, So uh, maybe this just wasn't doing well. It was a weird area to have games anyway. It seems like it should be a slot area, uh, just being off the walkway there, uh, you know, right near Guy's Restaurant as you kind of pass through links. So we'll see what they put there, but uh, no news on that yet. We did get news from Resorts World that they're going to already be making a venue change. Genting Palace is their flagship Chinese restaurant, and uh, it's a beautiful high-end facility, and there's a lounge attached to it, Genting Palace Lounge, with, like, jade, and it's a beautiful lounge. Hopefully I have some uh, video I can throw up for you guys. But now they're going to redo it as Uh, the Golden Monkey. (laughs) Darn it! Darn it! All right, I'm never... Oh, my God. So now they're going to change it into the Golden Monkey Tiki Bar starting April 17th. And uh, it's going to be a tropical escape providing a modern take on the classic tiki bar concept. You're a big tiki bar fan. They're going to have all the kind of classic drinks plus bowls of like rum punch and all kinds of different cocktails for people. This is right near the Hilton Lobby if you're looking in Resorts World. I think it was already a beautiful space. It looks like they're going to add more monkeys and make it more tropical. It seems weird
1: to have it next to the Genting Palace restaurant, but I'm excited for a tiki bar on the strip. Yeah, I, I, you know, I've walked by there. I've never had a drink or anything in there, but it always looked beautiful inside. And it kind of gives you that vibe, like a dark, cooler vibe. So I could see the transition being somewhat easy. And tiki bars are amazing. I can't believe there's not more. In Vegas, you know, we've talked about the off-the-strip options, and there's a couple really good ones, uh, super cool. But it's nice to have it at a casino. You think that there would be every casino would have a tiki bar? Uh, it's perfect. It's kind of weird that it is coming from their flagship, you know, restaurant, and and this was kind of the lounge attached to it. So it's surprising that they need to change that up already, but I'm I'm super excited for it. Now
0: speaking of bars, Flight Club Vegas opened at the Venetian, and we talked about this when they announced it. I don't know six months, whatever it was ago. Basically, a dart venue it has a carousel bar. It looks really good. We saw some pictures this week of it, and I got to get over there. Looks like another unique venue, one that uh, I want to check out and throw some darts.
1: Is it is it really a carousel bar? If it doesn't spin, though, I mean, can you can you go? It looks amazing. But, you know, we've been to a couple carousel bars that's been, and there's, you know, there used to be one at, what, Circus Circus used to have it? Fully functioning, which was kind of cool. And uh, so, so we've seen it in New Orleans. has an amazing carousel bar. So I would have loved to see that in motion. But the dart area looks like the coolest dart area I've ever seen in the pictures, like the setup, the board, the lighting. It looks really, really cool. Now, I just had an idea. You know, Circus
0: Circus, when it was built, used to have a carousel out on the strip, a real carousel. And it didn't last all that long. But they should build a carousel bar where that used to be in that empty parking lot they don't use out front. Build a really nice carousel bar out there. I guarantee you people would be there, especially now that you're going to have more pedestrian traffic with Fountain Blue right there. So uh, there you go, Circus Circus. Free Get idea. It done. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they, <laughs> they got to finish the paint <laughs> it first. Took them, took them 20 years to paint the top, but they're going to build out a huge bar. It would be amazing. It would be – I mean, that little area in Caesars <laughs> that – was always kind of vacant and has that one bar there. Something cool there would would be perfect. And you know, they just have a random bar sitting there and nobody ever goes to. Alright, and last thing
0: from around town, Allegiant Stadium is getting yet another soccer game from or match from, you know, huge teams. We know that we missed out on getting a World Cup game here because apparently Allegiant Stadium was built too narrow, just slightly too narrow for FIFA standards. But on July thirtieth, Manchester United and Germany's Borussia Dortmund, and please forgive me if I mispronounce that, are going to play here. So another major soccer event. We saw U.S.-Mexico is coming back this year as well. So soccer is coming, you know, to Allegiant Stadium, even if we won't get a World Cup game.
1: Yeah, and if we, if we, you watch, I know you watched Ted Lasso, so we all know pitches can be different, so they should have made it work. You know, one size isn't the same size, but I know there's minimum standards and all that. But this will be a cool event, something cool to check out. You know it'll be packed. It's a big a big following. Two big names. People will come in from all over. So just another cool sporting event Vegas is throwing, and, and maybe this will lead to a MLS team. Who knows?
0: Yeah, it was funny. Uh, one of the people who tweeted it out said called it Major League Soccer, which was very confusing uh, because <laughs> you know Major League Soccer is the name of our league here in the United States, but it is top level soccer. Let's put it that way. World class soccer coming. Top to level Egypt football. Stadium. Football, yes. <laughs> So uh, big news out of Wynn, Awakening, their new show that replaced Lorev, is going dark for two months. And we've seen reports that they're not selling tickets very well. I've heard only mixed reviews. Very few people actually like this show. People out there might not know, but my dad worked on the opening crew of Lorev. He was a diver going under the water, fixing all the hydraulics. So I saw Lorev back during its preview days and then several times as they tweaked it. All I can say is, lorev I fell asleep during the previews. It was so bad, and they tweaked it over time, made it better. It seems like they're having similar issues with Awakening, not doing well, but it's sort of shocking for them to just close the show for two months. They said, beginning April 17th, Wynn Las Vegas will temporarily pause performances of Awakening to allow for an extended rehearsal period. Consistent with the resort's commitment to excellence and quality, Wynn Las Vegas is committed to bringing a superior vision of awakening to audiences. So basically back to the
1: drawing board. Yeah, basically we suck and we're going to try to do a whole new show. And I think that they, like you said, they had these issues with larev I would have loved to see larev come back. It was a popular show, great reviews, long running. I don't know why you ditch it just because of COVID unless, you know, all those performers went elsewhere and you weren't going to be able to, to recreate it. So you kind of jumped off of that or maybe it's the, all the water and stuff sitting there. I don't know. It, you know, messed it up. But it's just crazy to see how much they put into how much money and effort they put in these shows and how they can bomb and they have to retool it. You know, they can't just let it slowly go away because they spent all this money. They got to recoup. So hopefully it comes back better. It, it wouldn't be the first time that we see a show kind of revamp itself and come out stronger. So hopefully they pull that off. But, you know, maybe just bring little Rev back. Let's do it. Yeah, I, th- I think they took out the pool for the most part. So I don't know yeah. that they can.
0: Uh... <laughs> That they can do that. I think this is another reinforcement of why we're seeing so many residencies, right? These are safer shows. Bring in a big name, headline star, create a show around them. It's a much safer thing than spending hundreds of millions of dollars developing a show like Awakening. And we just don't see that in Las Vegas anymore. I guess two shows have debuted, really. uh, Mad Apple, which has the Cirque name attached to it, and New York, New York, which by all accounts has been fairly successful. And then this one. I just wonder in the future how much investment we're going to get in these unique shows as opposed to let's just get another headliner like Resorts World has done. They've been very successful with that. You don't really need to spend the money and take on all the risk of it.
1: Yeah, agreed. I think that's where it is. And, you know, you'll need somebody that uh, hopefully like an individual owner that loves these type of shows and is willing to put up the money and and the risk. I don't think any of the corporate like MGM, Caesars, I don't think we're going to see that anytime soon unless it's like a show from somewhere else that they bring in that's proven to have a good following uh, like a Broadway type of thing, and and they bring that in, but and this is kind of why it's surprising that we don't see a lot of the smaller shows where people take the risks and will be unique, and, and this gives them an opportunity to to grow something, build something, you know, for a smaller cost. So I w- we're getting like double sided here. We're we're losing these big mas- massive unique shows, and then we've lost the small shows that were creative and and unique and fun. So it's kind of sad.
0: You know, uh, this is not on our agenda, but I was listening to a podcast with Penn Jillette the other day talking about, you know, Las Vegas and their, I think, 20 years at the Rio in the same showroom and how they continue to do that, how they've kind of made it work for them. And he's talking about all his uh, magician friends in Las Vegas, uh, you know, Matt Franco, David Copperfield. He goes down the list of all the magicians in Las Vegas and left one of them off of there. But I do wonder uh, with Rio if uh, Penn and Teller will stay there because they've been such a like, you know, an anchor of that place and i think what you really have now with shows is you have magic you have big headliners and you know not much else a few you know circ shows and that's really it there's not a lot of variety there's nothing new i remember when mgm grand opened and they had efx this big you know technological show that was doing many things that nobody had ever done before i don't think we're ever going to see that in las vegas again uh because of stuff like this it's just too much risk but uh yeah do you want to guess which magician he didn't mention I don't.
1: <laughs> all uh, right. we don't have to no, say Chris it. Chris Angel. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here you go for all you fans. We hadn't talked about him in a while, so you get double Chris Angel references. <laughs> Was uh, that really the show. one,
1: though? Was that the yeah. one? Yeah, uh, he oh. went down like
0: he like seven or eight uh, Shin Lin, the guy at the the Mirage. He goes down every magician in Las Vegas, and then yeah, he left one off the list because you know?
1: Chris Angel is just a movie producer. He just has you watch his videos. That's a... <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, speaking of movies, perfect segue.
0: Mark Wahlberg has moved to Las Vegas. We know that. it has been in the news. Uh, they recently just launched their second Wahlburgers location, which I famously, as people who watch the show, didn't know for a long time that Wahlburgers <laughs> was owned by him. Uh, the, the one at the Grand Bazaar shops is their highest grossing store in the world. But uh, he's moving to try to bring Hollywood 2.0 here. He's saying he wants to build a movie studio. He's lobbying Governor Lombardo, trying to get tax you know, rebates and things like that to do that says he wants to create 10,000 jobs for his movie studio alone with high uh, with high salaries. He also says he has about 15 or 20 people in his crew that have already moved here that love it here it says cost of living is less, they can live in bigger houses, nicer neighborhoods. So he really wants to make it Hollywood 2.0, but it seems like Nevada is going to have to pay for that.
1: Yeah, I mean it makes a lot of sense. It's you know, you can drive from from LA and and Hollywood and all that and and there's options. It's not like getting people way out of their comfort zone. Uh, the weather's pretty good. You have a lot of natural scenery that you can work with if you want to do outside of studio stuff. So I see the point. You know, we did something similar in Michigan years ago where we gave all these credits to bring movies in. and We wanted to build up this this whole system of create jobs, essentially, that would bring the studios back time and time again. And even after the subsidies uh, went away, that, that did not happen. So just be cautious when you're giving out money. Uh, You know, make sure you have it in there that he's going to stay long term because as soon as that money dried up, no more movies were being made around here. And anybody that was in the industry lost their job. So it was kind of like a three year thing where they just, hey, if we can get our movie for half the price, let's go to Michigan and and shoot it. So that's what happened. He still hasn't experienced his first Vegas summer. So uh, maybe he's going to take the
0: Gene Simmons (laughs) route.
1: Yeah, go talk to Gene Simmons.
0: And sell his house. He'll be like, never mind. I didn't realize it got that hot in Las Vegas. Uh, We had like the coldest March on record here. So if you really didn't know, you would think that it was just such a cold winter. Uh, So, yeah, a lot of these transplants are going to get their first summer. They're going to finally figure it out. But it's good to see, you know, somebody with his name bringing attention to Las Vegas, trying to bring that industry here. As you point out, geographically, it makes a lot of sense. It's close enough to L.A. if you need to bring in talent. You know, it's easy enough for people to get here, as opposed to a lot of places. We know a lot of things are filmed in Canada and elsewhere because of these types of tax tax rebates. So it's not like they're asking Nevada for something that they probably won't get elsewhere. But yeah, it's good to see the uh, the investment and. Always nice to see Las Vegas on the screen as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always cool, especially like any movie you see that's filmed in Detroit or whatever, I love it. It adds a little bit to it. So any movie that's filmed in Vegas is always cool and and something that you're like, hey, I've been there. Anywhere you've been that you can see and be like, I know that landmark, I've eaten at that restaurant or whatever, it's always fun. So it'd be kind of cool to see more films made in the area. Uh, So hopefully something good comes of it and it creates a lot of jobs for people in the area. You know, we've talked about how they've been getting priced out of areas and, and everything like that. So hopefully this brings some money back in for them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the MTM
0: Vegas podcast. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories and MTMVegas.com for all of our Vegas content. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you next time.